I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to When No One's Watching. It's me, Matt Willis. Now, I'm on my own this week. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but I have a message from Matt Richardson. Shall we play it? Okay, here it is. Hey, Matthew Willis. Um, sorry I'm not with you today. Um, I'm really sorry. My internet's been playing up. I don't actually have any internet, which during a pandemic means I'm having to talk to my partner. Turns out, nice girl. Um, got a lot in common. I'm really glad we live together. I think we're going to go forward and uh, hang out a bit more. Well, first off, that's a lie because Matt Richardson does not have a girlfriend. He has some mannequin hands with arms attached that he keeps in his flat and uh, and positions them in different things, like for photos, mainly for Instagram, to make out that he has a girlfriend. But um, he doesn't. He does other things with these hands. Practicing handshakes. Um, he keeps telling me that he wants to have like um, our own special handshake when we arrive and meet each other. But um, I'm not up for it. But he'll then send me videos of him and the mannequin hand doing the special handshakes, which... Um, Makes it even weirder. So, Matt, I'm still not going to do it. Um, what have I been up to this week? Right, I've had a bit of um, a bit of a quiet week, shall we say? Um, but something is becoming more problematic for me. I have this thing. Um, I was sucked in during lockdown into the Peloton army. Um, these TV adverts got me, and I've got a Peloton bike. Now, if you haven't seen or know what a Peloton bike is. Basically, it's an online spin bike that you have in your house with a screen, and you compete in spin classes against other people around the world. Now, recently, these people do not know exist, but I have some Peloton enemies. Carl76 from Toronto does not know I exist, but my God, I hate him. And every day, I fucking search for him on the leaderboard. I find out what class he's doing, and I will go into that class and chase him. Um, who else is there? Your Spin Doctor? Your Spin Doctor? What a fucking name? Um, hate him. Absolutely hate him. Um, and he beats me every day. But I'm so close. I'm right on his ass. Your Spin Doctor, I'm coming for your ass. You're going to need padded shorts by the time I finish with you, mate. So um, that's my week. <laughs> um, so tomorrow, I'll be there. Your, your Spin Doctor, Carl76 from Toronto as well. I'm coming for you, mate. This week on the podcast, we have the one and only Alex Adelman. Now, if you don't know him, he came up through the New York comedy scene to win Best Newcomer at the end of a festival. He writes loads of TV comedy you would have seen, including his brand new Netflix show from the creator of Orange is the New Black, Teenage Bounty Hunters. His live album, Until Now, is out now. It's a collection of all his live shows since he started. He's very, very funny. I enjoyed him a lot. I want to be his mate. 
Check him out. It's Alex Edelman. I'm Matt Richardson, Heat Magazine's Weird Crush of the Year 2014. And I'm Matt Willis from Busted. We are Guilty Pleasures, and in our new podcast, celebrities confess what they get up to when no one's watching. And then we decide whether they're good, bad. Crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it. Or bad, bad. Go straight to bed, no tea, and think about what you've done. Because if we think it's bad, bad, you know you're a wrong'un. Now, I'm very excited about today's episode because we have one of my comedian contemporaries who straddles two continents and has been very successful in both. He's been on loads of TV here. He's won the Edinburgh Comedy Award for Best Newcomer. It is Alex Edelman. How are you doing, mate? Hey, buddy. I'm doing all right. How about you? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, now, where in the world are you at the moment? Because I'm never sure what what country you're in. I'm in Massachusetts in the United States. So I live in LA, but I'm hit back home for a couple of days because I haven't seen my family since the sort of start of this thing. And it's finally, finally felt safe enough to fly. But I was in the UK when this all went, went down, I guess. Oh, really? So, yeah. How is it in the States at the moment? Uh, <laughs> I mean, on fire is how it is in the States. It's Yeah. Everything is the worst right now in every aspect of American life. So even sports kind of does nothing for people at the moment. It's just like, I don't know. It's shit, Matt. Thanks for asking. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. This is obviously a podcast about, uh, you know, things that you enjoy and you're proud of, but you might not want the outer world to know about. Uh, But there is one thing at the moment you're proud of that you want everyone to know about, which is your new album. Oh, yes, that's right. I've got this uh, I've got this new album out called um, called Until Now. It's so funny because, like, I am quite proud of it, but it's also like I think it's my first time like going on things to plug something that's not a live show. So I love it so much, but it's also like. I'm also slightly embarrassed because it feels more like a product than a come see me thing. But but yes, it's a good product. It's like, you know, jokes from my solo shows where people are like, hey, where can I see this joke? And I'm like, 2015, if you have a time machine. So, <laughs> so I got all the I, jokes together and sort of put them back in my routine and um, ran them for a couple of months and then recorded them. So, so yeah. And you just did something called Saturday Night Cedar, right? What was that about? Yes. Okay. So we, well, yeah, we... Um, me and a guy named Benj Pasek, who's a great musical theater writer, like one of the best on the planet. He wrote La La Land and Dear Evan Hansen and The Greatest Showman and, wow. and other stuff yeah. like that. We put together a musical comedy, Passover Seder, which is like a Jewish holiday in early April. And because no one could celebrate this thing in person, we put together an online version and it just like kind of grew and grew. And we got like... Bette Midler and Josh Groban and like Adina Menzel wow. and like just and, and Alan Menken and like a shitload of, you know, different wow. music people. And uh, it raised like three and a half million dollars for the CDC's COVID thing. And it was, oh, the best part was it was hosted by uh, Jer- Jason Alexander, who's George from Seinfeld and like. Incredible. Oh my got, God. Wow. It was so cool. We got to write all these like, we got to write a couple of original numbers and like. I know it was just it was just like kind of a Jewish kids comedy wet dream because we just got all these big Jews together and some non-Jewish Passover enthusiasts as well. But it was oh, like I mean I feel sick. bad for my uh, my charity quiz I did that raised two hundred and forty pounds <laughs> now uh, for the autistic society. Dude, you've got to get Alex Edelman involved, and then you get yeah. three and a half million. I'd love to say that it was me, but I think it was like Ben <laughs> was like, should I ask? Should I ask Bette Midler? And I'm like. 
Yeah. 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 Please. <laughs> Obviously. We had Sarah Silver. Although it was weird because all we'd ask these people to do something and then I'd write it and send it off. And like there would be pressure because like you're still sending comedy to someone who like does a lot of comedy. So like I sent there's a part of Passover where you have to find something called the Afikoman. And you know, they're like, You gotta write this thing for Sarah Silverman. And we sent it off and Sarah Silverman sent it back. And this is like a family-friendly thing, or it was supposed to be, and Benj calls me. He's like, okay, so Sarah Silverman found the Afikoman in her asshole. Like, is that... Uh... <laughs> and is I that was what? Like, yeah, and I was like, I think that I think that, that really works. But it's so funny because all my cousins call... Like, my cousins are pretty religious Jews, and like, we liked your thing. It was interesting. Um... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so I think we should kick straight off with your first confession, please. Yes, please. I use Twitter and the internet to find people that will make me the angriest. Like I find the opinions that I know will piss me off more than any other opinions. And sometimes I engage, which is totally crazy. But I have a list on Twitter of people who hate Jews. And so sometimes I check the list just to see the people that hate Jews, what they're thinking and saying this week. Like, that's what I want to, that's what I do. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so let me get this straight. You purposely go out of your way to find people that you despise and that will probably despise you. And you then engage with them to see if you can start a fight. Okay. So in 2018, I did an Edinburgh show called just for us. And the premise of the show and a real thing that I did is I went to a meeting of neo-Nazis in Queens in New York. What? <laughs> what? What happens is, I, Matt, I don't <laughs> totally look for them, but if someone tweets an anti-Semitic thing at me, I save their Twitter handle on a list. And the list right. is called Jewish National Fund Contributors because when they see that they're added to the list, it makes them crazy. People, <laughs> people will tweet like i have never contributed to the jewish national fund and i'm always like well there's still time and, <laughs> and and so these guys i don't i don't like go search like for these you know for things i don't search right. explicitly but what i do is um i have a uh like if these guys tweet at me i'll check their twitter feed and add them to the list and add some people that they retweet to the list like that's how i do it Wow. Maybe I shouldn't admit this, but there's a Nazi social media network or a social media network that's very popular with Nazis called Gab. And so I actually have an account on Gab. And it, it says it's a social network that champions free speech, individual liberty, and the free flow of information online. And now that is such a dog whistle, isn't it? Oh my god! Everything about <laughs> everything about that now. Whenever anyone says they're a free speech radical, what they really mean is no one's ever like, "I want free speech to be there to call out racism." But you know, <laughs> tell me more about this. Um, about when you went to see the 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 Nazi. So I've been. What, was it a conference? Or? It was, no, it was just like. 15 people sitting in an apartment um and i walked was there in. a buffet there was there was yeah there were refreshments i talk about this <laughs> in the show what, there was what's a nazi refreshment orange dude that's so funny this is the first question it's the first thing i get to in the show it's a, there was orange really? juice. yeah there was orange juice 
and there were some muffins. And I say on stage, even though I was a little scared, I was like, oh, sick, they've got muffins. And so, <laughs> Did you secretly say to yourself, never eaten a muffin ever again in my life? No, I was like, well, part of me was like, I kept looking for like bagels for the irony of something, but like, <laughs> but no, they don't have it. Uh, I do this Radio 4 series called Peer Group. And uh, at the beginning of the year, I hope he won't mind me saying this. I got like a nice note from Louis Theroux, who I'm a big, 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 Amazing. big fan of. And he was like, you want to get together for coffee? And so we got coffee and and we were talking about this very obsession. And he's like, are you on Gab? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm on Gab. And he's like, I'm on Gab too. It's the best. Like, you know, it's like this kind of like Louis Theroux has this little, you know, thing where and sometimes I'll look at an account like a prominent account that hates Jews or something and Louis will be the only other follower because he's also curious you know like <laughs> do you feel with this kind of thing because you've seen these things online of people you hate and you can see where they are in the country it kind of opens your eyes and peels back the veneer of niceness yeah and also occasionally you know I have seen people reacting to my stuff I've seen people reacting to me as a Jew I've seen people reacting to when in 2018 there was a minute where someone posted what i was doing on like the show that i was doing on 4chan and someone else was like oh yeah i saw that show this fucking you know use the word for jew like this guy you know it is very it's very strange like anti-semitism but the funny thing is you know i always think like oh anti-semitism exists in the out of the way places but i was you know doing shows at the vaults in london in february this february and these you know, and these two guys who weren't, I don't know who comes to see someone named Alex Edelman and doesn't expect a little bit of chat about Jewish identity, but these, <laughs> like, how do you not know that I'm Jewish from my name or my face or legitimately everything about my personality? But like this guy and his buddy were sat in the front row of the show in London at the vaults, the most, you know, artsy fartsy liberal institution you could possibly think of and they hated the show and they walked out around the end and one of them chucked his beer at me it was like a real thing like it was a wow. very much like the they were tossed out by security and they were like should we call the police it was a very and it was about me being jewish it was like a really weird thing to happen in london I guess it is every. Maybe they're doing the same thing as you. They're like, look, we know we're going to hate it, but let's go and sort of have this weird so, hate experience. That's so fun. Like, mm. I think these guys were surprised, but I have been, I have done shows where clearly from the jump, there are people there who have heard that they won't like me and they go anyway. And so it's like a really, and, and it's interesting to watch the kind of stuff that, you know, that these things are linked to. Does it not kind of get tiresome always kind of looking at it? I don't look at it always, you know. I, I, okay. I look at it occasionally because also, you know, I'm quite in a bubble. I'm in a bubble of people who are mostly decent folks there, but, but a lot of them are left-leaning. And, you know, if you drive 30 minutes outside of any city in the United States, you're looking at a totally different complexion of political opinion than the ones that mm. you're getting, you know, living in a city. Because in the States, no. our, I don't know how it is in the UK as much, but in the States, our biggest political divide is is city versus country. And it's not even close. In a city, everyone is aware of, di you know, of diversity in every way. And so they vote in, in ways that sort of reflect that. 
And I think in, in countries, people are much more concerned with different things. And so I do think that it's important to be aware of, of, of things across a spectrum of ideas, even if, you know, sort of I'm an avowed left-leaning, uh, you know, comic. Have you heard the phrase Overton window? Is it, no, no. So it may be an American phrase, but it's interesting. It's the spectrum of political opinions that are acceptable at any given time. And so, and so I'm interested also in any idea that falls outside the Overton window because I'm curious how someone can justify, you know, their point of view in that way. So, so part of it's like logical, part of it's like a bit of a logical exercise and part of it is like intellectual tourism or whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, it's something that I do and it, it, it doesn't make me that angry anymore because I'm never surprised that the depths of X, Y, or Z depravity exist. I'm just like, yeah. Is 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 a more surprising thing like the the normal stuff that they post? But they must have an outside life from this, and like, I'd be fascinated to know about it. It's so well. You know what? That's the thing. I think they don't because I think like all of us, we have our identities, and we can talk about it because we fall within the Overton window. We can talk about our political opinions. And if you're a reasonable human being in functioning society, you can talk about what you think. And therefore, it's not your whole thing. It's not your whole deal. But if you had to hide who you were, because yeah. it's not politically, it would be your only thing. Like if you had a cat, like that cat would be named for some secret Nazi officer who's like, you're here. Like, <laughs> like everything about you would be this one lie and secret that you live. And I kind of think that's fascinating that these people can't yeah. live their it, they can't live their it, truth. It colors everything about them because it's this sort of deep dark sick or it's so out there that they think it's exciting. So it, it's worthy of being everything in their life. A hundred percent. And that's why, like, you know, there are some successful. I would love to make a documentary series where I go hang out with these people because not to be a spoiler, but because hopefully I'll be touring this again when, you know, the world opens back up. But at the end of this, you know, meeting with those neo-Nazis, one of them was like, I'm sorry, but like, this guy's a Jew. And I was like, yeah, I'm a, like this guy's so clearly a Jew. I mean, I mean, but like, yeah. I love that they, they sort of, but they, there's weird politeness because you, you probably were very clear about being Jewish. No. In everything. You, yeah. Oh, everything you trying to be, were you trying to be un-Jewish? I mean, it's hard for me to be un-Jewish, but like... <laughs> But it's so funny because occasionally, like at some point, someone was like, Jews are sneaky and they're everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. People, was this weird thing where people kind of looking at you going, I think he's, this sort of, you know, that polite thing where someone on the tube um, is being inappropriate and everyone's sort of nudging each other going, that guy over there is is like, he's, he's, he's being really weird. Were they kind of nudging each other going, I think that guy's. No. No, it was crazy. And the funny thing is, I told my mom about I've never ever said this before in public, but like <laughs> I told my mom about it and she's like, oh, well, yeah, you, you have that haircut at the beginning of the year. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you know, you get quite an un-Jewish haircut towards the beginning. <laughs> and I do quite get like the fashy sort of like like shaved sides but the top is still there because that's the barber that I go to in Brooklyn he he does that and I and I like it but when I walked in I do remember I was like hey that guy's haircut's kind of like mine hey that guy's haircut's kind of like you know like <laughs> I, I get the fashy swoop sometimes it's like very much <laughs> I don't know 
I don't know. <laughs> I hope I don't. I hope someone's. What not, was it that? Yeah. What was it that gave you away then to this guy when you went to this? Meeting? I ultimately do present as Jewish. Uh, like, like <laughs> ultimately, people probably. I wasn't like, "Hi, my name is Alex Edelman." You know, like, I think he was just like, "I'm sorry, but this guy's a Jew. also." I'm sure I. I only spoke up when they were talking logistics. You know, I wasn't like contributing much to the ideologue part of the conversation. If someone was suspicious, that may have confirmed some of the stuff. But it was uh, what that you only got it when it was like talking about transport or something. Exactly when I was talking about like the marketplace yeah. of well, ideas. Guys, you've got this all wrong. <laughs> guys, what you want to do <laughs> is hire this is hire yeah, this yeah. PR yeah. firm. If you really want to affect them, I can help you out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I find this fascinating. Like, how you fit? What do you think about this sort of thing, Matt? Well, I mean, I find this fascinating. I mean, when I when I first when you first said it, I was like, "This is the opposite to what I do." Like, I purposely don't read comments or mentions or anything anymore because I um, there was a part of me that used to get so cross if someone didn't like something I did or or someone disagreed with me about something. I'd get really, you know, and also get into quite heated arguments on Twitter, for example. And um, so I've kind of decided that my life is ultimately better to stay away from that stuff. But um, but this sounds fun. Like I'd be I'd, I'd be really I mean, into let's this. Not, let's yeah. not call it fun, Matt. That's a well, slippery that slope. Maybe it's not fun. No, yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. you can go ahead <laughs> but, and say that this is the stakes are quite low. If Louis Theroux is doing it, then it, it can't be that bad, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I also think that like. You know, the funny thing is that I don't actually take that much offense to it because their issue is not with me personally. Their issue yeah, is with yeah. the group that I'm a part of. And that is empirically wrong. Like that is very – it's – Yeah. I think a big part of it, and I feel bad about saying this, when I started doing it, there was a big part that was like, mwah, 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 mwah. I'm such a good boy. Like, you know, I'm not like – I'm not like these guys. I'm not like an out-and-out racist, you know. Like I'm a yeah. – you know, I'm a really sweet – I'm a sweet guy, you know. I, I, I don't hate – I don't hate people just because <laughs> – I only hate people based on what kind of books they read. It's a different whole – it's a whole different thing. <laughs> I think with this one – um, obviously, we decide on this podcast if they're good, good, bad, good or bad, 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 bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. look, I think to begin with, I thought it was going to be a bit more specific to you, but I'm going to set up a gab profile. Oh my I god, think, I do. That. I think I really like. I love this. I'm going to see it. Yeah. By the I'm, way, I'm going to follow you. <laughs> I don't want to encourage, but I don't want. I don't want there to be like a huge amount of fans on this podcast who just all of a sudden sign up for like Nazi hate groups and be like, hi, we're here because we heard about it on the Matt Richardson podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, what are you thinking? Good, bad or bad, bad? I think this is good, bad. I think I'm going to lose the rest of lockdown to this. I'm, this yeah. is the rest. Of, I've got nothing going on this year now, so I may as well just get down with the racists. Yeah, I think I'm going to go and find the equivalent for flat earthers and, um, uh, and go and tear some shit I, up there the, as well. The Venn diagram of those people is quite a large cross-section, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. So this is good, bad for me too. Good, bad. Good, bad all round. Can we have your next confession, please? Well, it's not linked. It's not linked. <laughs> I promise okay. it's not linked. I love when people say they love all music. I'm always like, oh, wow, you like country? And they're like, not country. And I'm like, well, how about 
how about metal? And they're like, not metal. And I'm like, you said all music. And they're like, popping, rapping, <laughs> that is it. But like, yeah. <laughs> I love country music. Like, I'm a big, big country music fan. Huge. And not like just like Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson. Because sometimes like, I like country music, but I only like good country music. No. I like obscure, small, shitty Bad songwriting, generic like banjo. I love country music. Love it. Can't get enough. I mean, you are speaking my language. I have lost the last two years of my life to country hits radio in the UK. Like, um, literally, I was in, we were touring America, and um, James from my band put on a country music station, and he knew a little bit about country. I'd never listened to country in my life. <sighs> it's great. And I fell in love with it. I mean, it's, 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 it's like the the last bit of pop music that hasn't been turned into something super cool. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. like it's like high concept, great players, great songwriting. At times, you're speaking of a different type, which is shit songwriting. No, no, no. But players, I'm but. being slightly self-deprecating. But I really do like you know. There are guys who there are a couple of folks that even that are a little too country pop for me. Like I'm not a big fan of like say you know Keith Urban or right, Alan right. Jackson but I love like there's a guy named Brad Paisley who's got the yeah, most I love Brad Paisley, me yeah. too and his songs yeah, are yeah. like funny a little bit and they're not rapey yeah. because there are a lot of like really troubling you know country music songs where they're like girl your eyes yeah. are saying yes but your boots are saying you know like it's a really it's, a, <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's yeah. really really no, I mean weird. I remember I heard, um, I heard this country song just as I got into it by Luke Bryan and it was um, Rain is a Good Thing. Yeah, that song? Rain is a Good like, Thing. I know that song. It's huh? the most amazing song. The chorus, Matt, goes, Rain makes corn. Corn, corn makes, makes whiskey. Whiskey makes whiskey my baby, makes my baby feel, feel a little frisky. frisky. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so, like, he is genius. So, like, this, that is genius. It's, I love that. It, it's, so he's gone back to the beginning of whiskey, yes. basically. That's, that's yeah, what the like, whole that, song is about. The whole song is about people complaining about the rain. But where I come from, rain rain's a good, a good thing. thing that's a direct quote. my bird horny. That's the exact quote <laughs> for the song. <laughs> it's genius. Where genius song, right? Um, rain is a good thing. I've got a friend who's really into country music we went on holiday together um a few years ago and there was he basically played me most of these this one guy i couldn't even say what he was called but his favorite song was about a truck and he's he just written That's a big this country, thing in country. Song. yeah just loved his he just fucking loved his truck oh my god and it was like a love this? song for a piece of machinery it was phenomenally weird there is a brad paisley song um Call. There's a Brad Paisley song, and the the first lyric, the lyrics beginning goes, "Well, I love her, but I love to fish." I spend all day <laughs> on this thing. And he goes, "Today she met me at the door. Said I would have to choose if I hit that fishing hole today. She'd be packing all her things and she'd be gone by noon." And then there's like a big pause, and he goes, "Well, I'm gonna miss her." When I got it. it's like it's a really funny song, but it's also That's like a it's really good joke. insane that he's it's such a long pause too, and yeah. he's like he's like and there's a big part of the song where he's like there's a chance that if I hurry I could beg her to stay, but that water's right and the weather's perfect. It's like such a fucking <laughs> dumb 
song and i love it because i'm ha- like that luke bryan song when that came out i was like this is the stupidest piece of shit i have ever heard and then two months later i was still listening to this stupid i'm like you yeah. gotta hear this dumb piece of shit that i love ironically and really love <laughs> ironic it was like number 10 in my spotify like most listened to tracks of the year and like a girl i, I was it. dating I was it. like look it, he's directly Matt is directly quoting this correctly. Rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey. And by the way, a big part of me is like, I do believe that most of the people listening to this song may actually not know that that's how it works. But still, it's a very <laughs> <laughs> it's such a it's it's such a great genre. And by the way, not to get all serious, but like there are like really great country songs that are about like yeah. loss and heartbreak and grieving and. And there are really dumb country songs, too. And sometimes they're on the same album. And you'll hear, like, one of the most gorgeous, you know, you'll hear you'll hear some of the most gorgeous, heart-tearing songs you've ever heard. And then the next track is like, Mama said I'm not to, but it did anyway, may I speak? Like, it's really, really <laughs> weird. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I feel, I feel like um, I feel like to write country music, there's like a checklist of subjects that you have to click, right? Yeah. So you have to, you know, you have to have one of these in your song. It's either trucks. They love a pickup truck. They love yeah. beer. They love whiskey. Mm-hmm. They love their hometown more than anything on earth. Yeah. Like that's a good one. A dirt road. Yes. Grain. Grain comes the, up a lot. I didn't even know what grain truth. was. The troops. the troops. Oh my god! If you write a song about the troops, holy shit! You got a fucking number one there, mate. But you know, those are totems of southern culture. Those are totems of country yeah. culture, and they really resonate with a lot of people outside of. Again, like America, people who are listening to this in the UK are going to be like, "Wow, America's really divided between city and country," and it is. Like, it, it we live in yeah. a in the states. We live in one sphere or the other. Why? Why do you think it's looked down upon then? Um, I think crossover country hits are quite poor. I think a lot of the stuff that crosses over from country is genuinely bad. 
and I think the stuff that filters through. I think Shania Twain will disagree with that. Well, that's the thing. There are some. There are some. There are some things <laughs> that we love that we don't necessarily think of as country, like Shania yeah, Twain yeah. and Sheryl Crow. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Well, I think Taylor Swift may, depending on who you are, fall into either the former category of country that you don't enjoy or the latter of country that you do enjoy. But if if people yeah. really like something, they go, "Oh, that's not country. It's got a little con-. like Casey Musgraves right now is a very popular or chris stapleton who's uh who's very very popular in the states but like it does have the negative connotation because people only hear you know the stuff that is so big that it transcends and they don't necessarily enjoy it and the stuff that you know that that is when they encounter country does sometimes have that superficial have that superficial Mm. thing but you know people are really quick to go oh johnny cash that's that's not like real you know that's not country music now or willie nelson that's not country music now like country music is really good and people sometimes encounter country music that they like and they label it as something other than country music or contemporary country music but but i have enjoyed ironically and unironically uh some really great country music writing and singing and and stuff like that so yeah i love country music i think that's the part of the problem though isn't it especially in the uk i mean we kind of think of it as this kind of like um you know stetsons and cowboy boots and line dancing and stuff like that when actually it's kind of um it's i think it's incredible music and the playing like um as a terrible musician i listen to what these people are playing i'm like oh my god this is you know these guys are incredible you matt know. are they really my, good because f- i don't totally un- i'm not a musician so i can't speak to it they're but they so good musicians? they're so so good like some of the some of the musicianship especially in zach brown band it's in- impeccable but it's like um but some like even on like random like solo artists like um like, uh, uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but like any kind of big kind of like country hit, the players, mm-hmm. if you go and find out who played that guitar lick, it'll be a, there'll be a list of songs that he's played sure. on for the last sure. 25 years. And he's got like one of the best guitarists in the world. Like, 100%. Um, but they're so good. I feel quite left out. The way you've both sort of waxed lyrical about country music, because I have very little experience of country music. So I have to ask, what, what, it, what itch does it scratch for you that other music doesn't? Um, I think because the template can be quite um, well trodden, the songwriting can really pop for me. John Mulaney's got a great joke about how most EDM music has one message, which is tonight's the night. And the only night that matters is tonight. And like (laughs) country music's the opposite of that. Country music is very rarely like (laughs) we're here to party. It's like... uh, it, it can be it can be fun and it can be heartfelt and it's pretty diverse. It's the whole spectrum of emotion. Exactly. Now I, I think I think I know what you're going to say about this, Matt. But I think you know what I think this is good bad. Like I often find with my music taste, uh, which is the same as yours, very often, Matt. You know, with um, po- cheesy naff pop punk that I have to justify it. But I think it's just like that. You've got to just you've got to love what you love. I think this is good bad, and I'm going to go listen to some country. Like you sold it. Oh my god, Matt! I'm going to send you a couple of playlists. Please, please change do. Your life. I want those playlists too. Yeah. Like it's. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're so. I mean, yeah, it's just an overlooked good genre of music, man. But uh, yeah, man, there's a specific song by a guy called Riley Green called "I Wish Grandpa's Never Died." Oh my god, best song! It's the best song. <laughs> it's also yeah. a value system that we don't necessarily exactly. subscribe to in terms of just like family, <laughs> Jesus, and whiskey. You know, like it's very exactly. Whereas, I mean, like and my truck. Yes, realistically, in the UK, it's like I wish my granddad would die because I want to deposit for a house. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah, completely. Uh, so yeah, man, right. this is undoubtedly for me 
a good bad, a very good bad. I yeah. share this this love and affinity towards country music very much. So you and you okay. said good bad too, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, Alex, can we please have your next confession? I have never walked by a bit of furniture on the curb, no matter where I am, even if I don't live in that city or have no way of taking it home, without wanting to take it with me. Furniture comes with me. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It could be covered in vomit. A body could be sticking out of it. And I'm like, would that go good in my dining room? Like, is this is this something that I could... <laughs> have because i or, or like you know i love a used book free library thing where i'm just like because i think there's a big part of me that's like i could make this work i could take this unwanted thing and turn it into a treasure i could refurbish and i have like a bit with the woman i'm dating where we if we walk by something on the street that's obviously wrong i'll just be like oh please sweetie please let me have it please i'll do anything please please let me have it and she's like no 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 but like i yeah i love when people leave stuff on the curb i'm always like but could i give it a home could i <laughs> so yeah you know so it's it's sort of this optimism that you know there it has another life and you're the person to give it that life yeah but i think there's also like an element of like buried treasure to it where i'm just like what if this is a three thousand dollar um dresser and someone's just thrown it away and even though i already have a dresser i just wash it once and all of a sudden it's something that king louis had you know like it's it, <laughs> it's the stupidest thing it's so dumb and i'm I, yeah i that's that's one of my so things. when whenever you're in the uk have you ever been to a car boot sale no, what's oh man? Is it people selling stuff out of the trunk? So basically, what it is is a field, <laughs> a field, and and you pay like ten pounds to set your car up, and you just sell all the shit that you have in your house, and it's but it's hundreds of people in a field doing this, and people walking around it. trying to get. Well, next time you're in the UK, we'll take you to a car boot sale. Yeah. It There's like a bit it. of bartering that goes on as yeah, well. Yeah, you, you can, can haggle. Say, I'll give you, you can haggle, yeah. But people haggle over, like, you'll be like, it's 50p, and they're like, I'll give you 10. And you're like, just, it's 50 fucking p for a chair. Just take it for that money. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> What's the worst thing you've picked up? Oh, I picked up this, tr- this little magazine stand that I'm like, this is the perfect, gorgeous little magazine stand. And then... I got it home and I was like, this is the most disgusting thing in my house and it won't lose its trash smell. And my my girlfriend was like, get rid of it. Get rid of this horrible thing. Get it out of the house. Get it out of the house. And so like I had to, you know, lug it back to the very curb that I found it on. But like it was that because it stunk up the house for days and it was like, and looking back, it like probably smelled of urine, and like I was so oh. desperate to make it work because I was like, I can make this work in my. I, I'm I, I've and I've had two or three experiences like that. It, I would. Well, I guess that I guess the thing is like in the context of a street, lots of things are nice. Whereas if you take it back to your house, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> oh. 
It's like I, I'm good looking if I'm around ugly people, but if you're around super hot people, it's that it's that sort of weird paradox. Well, not paradox. It's that that weird thing where it just it just looks nice on the corner. Yes, a hundred percent. As I've gone through London and lived in slightly nicer places, yes, like I'm more willing to stop and look at what people are offering on the side of the road. Yes, like when I lived in Hampstead, I would always stop and see what they had because quite often you'd be like, oh, that's a three thousand pound coffee table. Um, that they're trying to get rid of because it's just easy and sticking it on eBay. Yeah. But yeah, I've, mm. I've also seen things where you're like, someone died in that box. Yeah, I have ex- I have, I have tasted furniture where I like know the names of furniture designers now where I'm like, I'm a big fan of John Keel. Like, I'm, you know, like, <laughs> like I know the name. I follow furniture hashtags on Instagram. So I see a lot of like, I see a lot of people with like refinished furniture and I'm like, that's going to be me even though I don't know how to do it. I'm going to fit. <laughs> Fix this furniture. I'm a loser. No, I, I, you know what? I like this. I am a sucker for buying or picking up anything free that might might one day be quite useful or a little knickknack that makes life slightly easier that's yes. free. So like, I, I like all this kind of like dragging things and going, one day that's going to be amazing when I do something to it. But then it just sits in my basement until uh, until I decide to get rid of it. Yes. I mean, like that is exactly what I live close to a 99 cent store in Los Angeles. And I'm like constantly going in to see like maybe I can get, you know, and I can afford like the dollar 99 cent store. But I'm just like, you know, maybe maybe it, maybe there's the perfect thing in here that's both cheap and will change my life. I don't know. <laughs> um, how do you feel about this map? Because I feel like you're probably not like that, that you, you're into free stuff. I think you've got a good taste that you stick to. Um, you're, you're, you're very on the money here. I couldn't be more opposite to this. Like, um, I would never pick up something that was on the street. Like the, um, I, th- I think you're, I th- what scares me is I think you're a couple of years away from becoming a hoarder. <laughs> you're gonna live in a house full of like newspapers and and old furniture that you don't need and like 27 bikes you don't understand i need all these magazines <laughs> what if i want to go to a restaurant in 2007 <laughs> i need this copy of yeah. Time Out. <laughs> i need this copy of Time Out barcelona just in case <laughs> um, so you're not you're not on board with this really then matt I'm not, mate. I'm not. No, no. It's um, uh, you know, I, I'm a chucker awayer. I love nothing more than going through my house and going, right. What can we get rid of? What well, you know chuck? what? What's next time you do that, give me, I'm coming round. Yeah, next time you do that, you give me a call. I'll be outside. Yeah, and you're, yeah. and I'll be outside in your hedge, going like, Ooh, he's getting rid of that. But, but also, I'm too insecure to leave it out on the street because what if someone doesn't take it? But like my stuff is, isn't good enough. Like as in, as in like a social thing. It's I've done that with eBay before, where I've put stuff on eBay and I've put it on three or four times, and they haven't taken it. I'm like, what is wrong with my stuff? It's good yeah. stuff. I was getting rid of a coffee table, and it was genuinely. So I was getting no bites for this coffee table, and so I wrote a listing for this coffee table that I think is genuinely is genuinely like a pretty good a, a pretty good listing but i had to i had to rebrand the coffee table i i rebranded it as extreme this is the official listing and the title is extremely simpatico coffee table and and the listing starts with my sweet baby i got it from a carpenter in atwater for 150 dollars. very sturdy cool with lots of character 
You can put coffee in her or books or your feet. Used her to do a puzzle last week. See below. Took a solid three hours. I, I put a photo of the puzzle up. I like her a lot, but I've got a smaller coffee table now, and, well, there's no place for her. Big argument amongst my friends over which movement she's from. My neighbor Morgan says she's mid-century modern, and she coexisted nicely with a mid-century modern couch, but shoot, I don't know. Also willing to trade for, like, some cool art or furniture that works. Does she look good? Yeah. Are there scuff, smart? Are there scuff marks? You bet. Can you see the workmanship? Absolutely. Sad to lose her. She needs to go. And so, like, I got a bunch of messages from people like, man, I don't want your coffee table, but she really sounds nice, man. Like, it was a whole bunch of, like, I have no interest in your coffee table, but good for you for writing, like, a sad ode to your nearly departed. I sold her for 75 bucks. But, I mean, Nice. Congratulations. Um, I think this is good, bad. I, I I would, next time you're over, like to take you to a car boot, actually. Please. That'll be and, and um, actually, what you want to do is go to the most rural car boot you can find because you find some absolutely mad shit. Yes, mate. Yeah, I disagree. I worked as um, a traffic um, directional person um, in the car park of a car boot sale for a couple of years. It was horrendous, and the people that work at them are awful people. So um, I disagree. I think um, I think this is bad, bad. I, oh, I love it. No, yeah, I I'm love sorry. it. I fucking love, yes, I am. <laughs> this is the kind of edgy, rebellious comedian that I've always wanted to be. I've always wanted to be an outlaw. I've always wanted to live outside the Overton window. I don't want an acceptable opinion. I want to say the things that will challenge people's preconceived notions. And I have finally achieved the bad, bad confession that I've been gunning for with my first two. Thank you so much, Matt Willis. I am very happy. Well done, Alex. Well done. Can we have your next confession, please? I go into... Uh, I go into, like, reading wormholes on Wikipedia about wars. Where... And I don't even like wars. I prefer not wars, but I spend a mortifying amount of time on Wikipedia reading about wars. Okay. Now, I've got to ask, favorite war? There was a conflict... Between um, between Russia and um, and Finland, that was that it was called the Winter War, and it was just before World War Two. And the photos from it are insane because it's so so cold looking. This looks like <laughs> the coldest war, and yeah, it was it was really. So there was the cold war, and this is the coldest war. Uh, the coldest this war. war. Every photo, people look covered in snow, and they're miserable. And there's <laughs> something about like also there was like some sniper who was um, named Simo Haiha. And this dude killed 500 men during... What? Yes, no one is... And if you look at him in the photos on Wikipedia, he is wearing the dumbest, goofiest costume because he's wearing, like, a winter <laughs> costume with the heaviest gloves and he's got a little hat that makes him look like a cartoon character. But, like, he either... He killed between 500 and 550, um, uh, like, wow. people as a sniper... And like he, oh my God. he was that's terrifying. Oh yeah, and he was shot in the face and went back. <laughs> what? Yeah, and he went was back. shot in the face and went back. And like snipers are weird, man. My friend Izzy was a sniper in the Israeli army. His name's Izzy Azagai, and he's one of my neighbors in Los Angeles. And he lost an. He's from like the states, 
volunteered for the Israeli army because he wanted to sort of connect to his heritage, lost an arm, and then went back as a sniper and was like on active duty as a sniper. Right. Here you go. This is what Izzy. This is what Izzy looks like holding a gun with holding a gun with one arm. Holy shit! Whoa, he looks. Yes. He looks terrifying. This is a different yeah. kind of Jew than me. this is a Jew in full fatigues with a machine gun in one arm a machine gun in one arm and that's him on active duty with a machine gun in one arm or a sniper rifle in one arm he's active duty with one arm sorry is that his book that is called Disarmed yes his book is called Disarmed which is a top notch which is a top notch that that is fantastic so so we've got to ask why why are you reading about this Um, because Sometimes I think I also want optimism because I'm like, well, things are really shit, but at least we're not like lining people up, in, you know, lining people up for like a battle in the in the freezing ice cold between two countries. <laughs> like, like the, the funny thing is the world is in terrible shape, obviously, like things are really bad. Things are really weird. But at the same time, at least we're not, fi- you know. And there's a lot of civil unrest and there are a lot of conflicts and every couple of years, you know, certain countries overthrow their governments and it's bloody and repression from, you know, from totalitarian and authoritarian regimes all over the world or and fascism is on the rise again. But with that said, at least we're past the war phase for a while. At least, you know, we're not dropping bombs on each other or, you know, drafting, um, you know, our sons and daughters into like really horrific situations. And so... You know, I think there's a bit of that. And also, I think that it's like, you know, the math of, of war is really like, you know, foreign and weird. And sometimes like I uh, sometimes I'm like interested in reading about it. Like the I don't know. I, I don't know why. I, I th- See, I think I think this is this fits in with you perfectly, because so far we've had like looking at people. Um, you know, people that you don't agree with on the internet, which is like everything that you enjoy is like an other. Yeah. So war, war, country music, these mysterious pieces of furniture that you don't know where they've come from. It's all kind of like an outside thing that's fascinating. Yeah, I love the outside. I mean, like, look, honestly, there aren't many young American comedians who came to the UK to do the editor. Like, my career started because I was, like, really interested in weird shit. And my first show, Millennial, was about young people and, you know, meeting young people of different kinds and sort of. And then my second show was about talking to strangers in an airport. And then my third show is about going to a meeting of neo-Nazis. And what I do kind of is documentary stuff. Catelyn Moran, the, the, the writer, she came to my show once and she's like, your stuff is just like a bad documentary. She's like, <laughs> she's like, your stuff is just like if you did a documentary, but with no interesting pictures or video. Like, yeah, <laughs> I am very much a documentary style comedian and I like things that, yeah, I do like the other and I am fascinated by it because, you know, to somebody else that is their lived experience, that is their perspective. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. this is massively, you know, problematic to say, but no person's lived experience is inauthentic. Everyone's lived experience, whether you're, you know, an Orthodox Jew or, you know, a person living in the back of the beyond in Australia or Karachi or, you know, somewhere in the south of France is any less vivid, real or three dimensional than, you know, say, a 31 year old American who lives in a very like, uh, 
coffee shop heavy part of Los Angeles. Like, like those are those are experiences that are just as valid and uh, and war is one of those. Well, war was part of war was part of the reality for the longest time. Like we are fighting very few wars relative to, you know, to to the 20th century was characterized by a huge amount of war. Yeah. Do you ever think about how you would fare in war? I I hate to say this, but I'd be I'd be okay. Um, uh, I'd be okay. It's I think it's fashionable for people to not. So I did a course of basic training in Israel when I was younger, and I was a decent. I was a decent soldier, but I have no like hunger to ever. I'm not like I don't like fantasize or fetishize war. It's fucking awful. But I think if I like had to do it, I'd be okay. You know, you'd be okay. What about you, Matt? How do you think you'd fare? You know what? I I deal really well where I'm told what to do and don't really question it. I'd be fine as well. Yeah. If, yeah. if I'm quite good. And if I'm told to do it and I have to, then I just get on with it. So I think I'd be I'd be better than anyone listening would think I would be. Yeah. I'm I'm not very good at giving up either, so that's probably yeah, good. Yeah, you'd anymore. be all right. But also but yeah. then on the other on the other side of that, I would be one of those people going, I was just following orders. No, I like, because yeah. I just get on with it. <laughs> I think I'd be killed by friendly fire, because I'm quite irritating. And <laughs> no, what I what I think would happen though is, you know, even when I was doing basic training in Israel, I was like, Yeah, but I, I asked a lot of questions where eventually my commanding officer pulled me aside. It's like, hey, would you mind like not asking questions when you ask questions like it's fine to ask like but i think if i was on a side that like by the way my views on israel and palestine are so complicated that like i'm in a fight with whatever group i'm in like pro-israel people (laughs) are always screaming at me pro-palestinian people are always screaming at me because i describe myself as both and i've done work for organizations (laughs) that are both and so like it's a really weird thing where like the one thing is if i was in a war i'd be like but is there the other side's perspective? Because their lived experience is just as valid as ours. And they're like, that's not going to fly, man. We've got a sniper over here who's killed 500 people. And you're like, but can we just take a look at their quality of life and see where they're coming from, maybe? <laughs> oh, well, what do you think about this, Matt? Um, I mean, I, th- I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's good, bad. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do love, um, I, I do love a war documentary. If there's one on, I will sit there. Like my father-in-law watches a lot of them, wow. and I will sit down and go, "Oh God, what's on now?" And before you know it, two and a half hours Dude, have passed. Dude, old people, old people about. fucking love war documentaries. Old people, they yeah, love they do. that shit. It's the opiate of the masses. If you're over, if you're over sixty, they love, they love, they love a Hitler. They love a bit of Hitler real. You know, like they love, yeah. they love to see oh. someone giving a shouty speech in grainy German. They're just like. Oh man, that's mm. the stuff. You know, they could watch that stuff for hours. Like, yeah. it's their Love Island. Yeah. Their Love Island. It's their love island. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Ian Sterling do the voices for the war document. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the Eastern Front, things were heating up. It's just like, yeah. and things, things aren't going well for Hitler over in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, I think this is good, bad. I mean, politics, yeah. like reading about. Like, I'm currently reading a book about how Stalin rose through the ranks of the KGB and all that. Like, and it's awful, but it's fascinating. I, I love all this. Like, this yeah. is good, bad for me. I think it's good, bad. Guys. We've absolutely loved having you on. Thank you very much. How does it feel to kind of have all of this assessed and talked about? I'm okay with being assessed because I like to assess things. So, like, I like to sort of look at different stuff. So even, you know, confessing my confessions feels very much sort of like, 
you know, in the spirit of what I do. Like, I'm not. It's very yeah. on brand. <laughs> yeah, it's not to examine the, and to be a comedian, to like, man, I want to be, I, I, honestly, I was like, maybe one or two of these is good for the stage, because I've never talked about any of the stuff on stage besides <laughs> the Nazi thing. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's also, I think people, genu- especially in the UK, I think people are quite open-minded to sort of other experiences, and they're interested to find out with, uh, you know, what other people are, are, are thinking and, and interested in. So I'm like, yeah, no, this is this is fun. Thank you for having me, is what I'm trying to say. No, well, thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, for anyone listening, so um, on all the platforms, you can get music is where you can find comedy albums pretty much, yeah. isn't it? So iTunes, Spotify, everywhere like that. Look for Alex Edelman. He's one funny it's dude. It's called Until Now, and I'm so... And if you want a country music playlist, please let me know, and I'm happy to send you... <laughs> But yeah, until now is my is my uh, is my album, and yeah, I'm psyched to be on this. Thanks, guys. Alex Adelman, there. His live album, Until Now, is out right now. Buy it, stream it, bop it, do whatever you want to with it. It is out in every store or everywhere you get your stuff from. Right, listeners' confessions. This week we had someone write in to say that whenever they cook dinner, which is often. They plate up their girlfriend's plate with way too much, knowing that the girlfriend will not physically be able to finish it, and so allowing them to have one and a half portions of dinner without looking bad. But she knows. Sometimes she does finish it, and it's heartbreaking. Well, what do we think about this? Uh, I think this is genius. This is something I would definitely do. In fact, I have done this with my kids quite a lot, because kids never want to finish their dinner, which drives me nuts. But um, sometimes you don't want to eat your kids' food because it's rubbish. But sometimes, like, have you? when was the last time you had a fish finger? They're amazing. I haven't had them for years, but now I have them all the time and I cook them for my kids because I enjoy finishing their dregs. So um, I think this is good, bad. I think this is very good, bad, very clever. Um, so well done, mate. Good, bad. Um, please send in your confessions. Um, I love reading them. They really entertain me. Um, some of them are disgusting and I won't put on the podcast, but I do really enjoy reading them. Um, so if you've got any listener-friendly ones that aren't going to disgust our audience forever and traumatise them till death, please send them in and let me read them out on the show. I promise you I will not name and shame you. Um, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join us next week. We've got some really good guests coming up. Um, so stay tuned. Let us know what you think. Please like, subscribe, do all that shit. We enjoy it. All the best. Peace out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.